hey, uh, I just want to start off this episode by cheersing my teaching career because it's over and dead. And to ensure that, uh, I would like to say that I am Caleb Stokes. There's no need to fast forward. I'm a frequent and enthusiastic marijuana user. I found many of your children to be loathsome. You know which ones. I encourage kids to use drugs, too, because they might as well listen to me to that. They didn't listen to anything else I said. Uh, they should trade pills with each other. They should eat and go swimming immediately. Um, and we should pass cigarettes out in the cafeteria. So just wanted to make sure everyone knew that my name was Caleb Stokes, and those are my beliefs. And uh, cheers. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, random on a five point scale. Uh, occasionally make life-altering disclosures, but most of the time we're just talking about Marvel movies and yeah. uh, how bad IPA sucks. Right. So uh, if this is your first episode, congrats. Welcome on board. Uh, better late than never. We've, we've been here for years uh, holding down the white guys talk about so many different things uh, and have beards on podcasts that we can't even really classify the show. Describing this yeah. thing as a place where we talk about Marvel movies and IPAs just really, <laughs> really hit me in the gut. Too. Yeah, no, we suck. Yeah, we're the we're, we are we are basic as I hell. am. Wow. Cha- I'm challenged to breathe at this moment. We also <laughs> talk about board games. All right. it, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Well, <laughs> I, I uh, hey, yeah. you come up with eight hundred intros to this show, okay? Yeah, no, uh, the right. outro never changes. All right, that's you, true. You made one joke it's about like red tube one time. So, so. Oh, I made it a lot of times. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, but I'm I'm going for variety of you. Here. Are, They're you not really all going to land. It's the spice right? of life that I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a whole lot in the pre party right now, other than. Um, the Kickstarters we've been discussing from both Ross and Caleb have wrapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb, you uh, still have two other Patreons rolling, which is Delta, Delta Green, Green Dead Channels. There we go. And uh, Heaven on Games Open Design. So so if you're looking for more podcasts uh, or a- a- and or, uh, Night Clerk Radio or Night Clerk Radio and didn't want to hear about Marvel movies and IPAs, don't worry. <laughs> we have a whole lot for you in other places. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. Hey, if you've never listened to this before, <clears throat> oh boy. Uh, Caleb, tell them how this works here. Well, we have a five-point rating system that is objective and reused for every single episode. Mm-hmm. So this is what we've been doing since the very beginning. Oh. Um, because uh, obviously everyone knows that we rate beer right. by flavors, yep. uh, depending on how well they hide marijuana in an edible. Right. Uh, so yeah, we've been doing that the entire time. We're going to do it again. Uh, if you think we've done other rating systems, uh, seek help. Right. You missed yeah, the boat. That's obviously not true. We yeah. record these things. That's it's, right. Uh, anyway, so edible flavors based on their ability to mask the smell of weed. Mm-hmm. One, a, a flavor you do not want and a beer you do not want to drink anything in the edible category with the word natural on yeah. it. Describing the flavor. Run away. Because that just means it tastes like weed, at which point you're eating a plant whose only purpose yep. is literally being poisonous to the point that you don't want to eat it anymore. Right. So it's kind of like drinking Malort of edibles. Yeah. Uh, don't do that or like just go out and munch on hemp. One of the two, either you're a cow or you don't buy that. that right. Those are your options. Um, so a two, a edible flavor you could live with, but you're not really psyched about is your friends baked goods. Oh yeah, yeah. These are the dark days before right. um, legalization, where uh, one chocolate chip cookie 
had 150 mg yeah. of thc in it and the other one had two right uh and so then everyone ate four of them and had a variable slash nightmare experience a real russian roulette of an evening <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but you appreciated them for supplying you with a baked good full of cannabis that you wouldn't have been able to get elsewhere yeah so it's kind of a trade yeah but it is suboptimal as a delivery system. yes 100 percent. uh three i'm gonna go with any liquid uh, in my opinion, it's impossible to take the weed stench or taste out of a liquid edible. Uh, it can't be done, but it's a liquid and uh, is thus easy to measure. So you know how much you're getting. Bingo. And as we've proven on the show, you can slam it real fast and just get it over with. That's right. Uh, so and that's you can pretty mix good. Mix it with other stuff. So like a good tincture. Mm-hmm. Put it in a coffee. Yeah, yeah. Bingo, bango. Yeah. Now you're now you've got some energy and you're a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, now a four. Uh, this is where you're getting good. You can go so hard on citrus and tart, you can just drown it out. Yes. Uh, so those are gumdrops, certain types of gummies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't go. It's not exactly nuanced as a flavor no. uh, because it tastes like because uh, it's, a, yeah, an astringent cough syrup, but uh, it doesn't taste like you're eating a Because plant. it's yeah. not nuanced, <laughs> it's actually working. Yes, yeah. Uh, and then five, which is what you want to go for, any kind of berry yes. can actually provide a pretty interesting flavor for... Uh, especially gummies of any sort. Yep. But you know, your black, your rasps, your blues. I had a, I had some elderberry gummies that I loved. Yeah. Totally those, delicious. Those Juana blueberry boy, indicas oh are excellent. They hardly taste like anything and uh, it's just sugar. And then you get a little high later. Right. So uh, that's, what that's win. what you want out of a beer and that's what you want out of uh, a edible. So using this scale, which again, we're very familiar with having done, having done it our entire life for yeah. five mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. this, this exclusive scale, uh, we're going to go grab a beer and we'll be right back to review our first beer and talk about board games. Spencer. What are you drinking today? So this is from Prairie Artisan Ales, two-time brewery of the year here on the Mix 6 podcast. Mm-hmm. And this is something I'd not seen, in fact, until you mentioned having a can of yeah. this, Ross. I didn't even know this existed. This is Lemon Slice, a sour ale with lemon zest, lemon juice, and vanilla, which sounds like a, like a lot of weird. We, vanilla. Right. It's a weird thing to add to a zest. We actually but. don't have a lot of lemon-forward things on this podcast. Um, the Ginger Lemon Radler. And other than that, like, I can't think of a lemon thing we've had. I, I can't stand, like, the Lining Kugel's lemon shandy shit or any yeah, of that. They yeah. can fuck right off. A lot off. of it's bad. Skittles. And ginger lemon rattler works because it's ginger. Right. Lemon rattler. Yeah. Like, yeah, very, very afterthought. Yeah, I lemon. love that. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. He's drinking it. It's yeah, an, I, I've already it's had this. It's an intensely yellow can. Yeah, it's a very, it's, a, for me, well, I'll, I'll, I'll hold off, but it has, I, I like it. It has a font for the name that just screams to me, early 90s pizza parlor. Yeah. In your small town. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about it, so um, we've talked a lot about the, kind of the nature of Prairie Artisan Ales sours. I feel like we could write a, like a reasonably smart, uh, thesis on the nature of the Prairie Artisan Ale sour. Instead, we point. do this. Instead, we do this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, for a long time, uh, they were delicious and unbelievable. And then all of them fell into a trap of being that Prairie Flare base with some other fruit thrown in. Maybe. Yeah. I, I really think it was the side project guy leaving. I think it's just. The fact that they took that precipitous drop downhill, right? And he happened to open up the weirdest 
best best brewery we've right. ever had. Yeah, I think those are related. I, yeah. yeah, I know it's a correlation, but I see cousin. But this does not taste like a flair based beer, and this is what's been happening more recently with they, they have they recovered. have they have yeah. started to recover and taste more of the fruit variety on the can, and this is certainly lemon forward. Yeah. The vanilla actually, I think, cuts the lemon really nicely, and I think it makes it more Can palatable. Absolutely. I'll tell you what I'm finding most interesting about it. That was me dropping a coaster. I'm finding most interesting about it, the lemon juice on the back. Like, mm. that really hangs around yeah. uh, as if you've had lemon in your water, and that's the thing yeah, that like lingers. Yeah, like, I, I was reminded of lemonade when I had yes. it. Yeah. yeah, the vanilla is really just a viscosity agent. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it thickens it up a little that's bit. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't catch it on the tongue a whole no, lot. No, I, I think it's nice. I mean, I don't... Um, uh, it's not my favorite beer. It's certainly not my favorite prairie beer. I think it's probably a four. I think it's a good beer. So the citrus beer is good enough for citrus, eh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Citrus for citrus. I'm disappointed in that our rating systems are usually more confusing and <laughs> counterintuitive. But I suppose we shall have to move on. Oh, no. Um, what are we talking about, Spencer? So recently, uh, you and Sarah brought over, I would say, kind of like a Hail Mary, like, hey, let's take a shot and play a trick-taking game. Mm -hmm. Not that I have anything against trick-taking games naturally. It's just not something I've played a lot of. And yeah, uh, we're not breaking out the cribbage board a right. lot in the uh, Stokes house. Yeah, we're not we're not sixty year old women, you know. <laughs> and so in some ways, it's just like never really made its rounds. Um, but you all brought over the crew, uh, which is a space themed trick taking game in which all of you simulate members of a space mission, and uh, you have to coordinate taking tricks and meeting certain objectives from game to game. There are fifty programmed scenarios, and every game your objectives for what kinds of tricks you need to take, how you need to take tricks, who needs to take tricks, is an incredibly interesting, incredibly novel, fun, uh, four, four to five player game. Mm -hmm. I think it plays five. Maybe it's just four. Uh, I believe it does play five. Yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with a trick-taking game because uh, you didn't have to play cards with a bunch of 60-year-old women uh, for your entire uh, childhood, right? Um, a trick-taking game, you're going to drop a card. It doesn't matter of what suit. Uh, when you drop that suit, you will. everyone will have to follow suit. So if it's a spade, everyone has to drop a spade. Mm -hmm. If it's a club, everyone has to drop a club. Uh, the card uh, that is highest within that suit will win the trick. So they will take all the cards that everyone played that round, um, and then they will lead the next round. What makes it a game is that if you're out of a suit, you can throw off, meaning that you're going to throw a suit that you did not get lead. It's not the round suit. So it will just go into the trick and you will have no chance of winning it. Or you can trump, which means one of the suits is geared as a trump card. Or in the case of the crew, they have trump cards built into the deck that only purposes trumps. And uh, you can take that trick even though you didn't have a card of that suit. Right. <clears throat> so you have like spades or oh hell. You're normally working with a partner. Mm -hmm. You bid how many tricks you're going to take. And the game part is the point minus point of how many tricks did you take versus what did you predict you were going to take in the crew? Whatever scenario you're playing determines how many tricks you need to take or right. who needs to take a trick with this certain card in it or who has to go nil, meaning they have to lose every single round. Mm -hmm. um, and it's all based on this fiction of being a spaceship crew that uh, if you want to talk about techno babble, it's just a bunch of gibberish yeah. uh, in the writing. Uh, but this little paragraph that gives you these unique conditions for what is essentially a four player co-op game uh, that is largely abstract because you just have a deck of cards right. four suits, one through nine. And then you have one, two, three, four rocket cards, which are your trump cards 
for a 40 card deck. Yeah. And the amount of stuff they get you to do with just 40 cards is wild. You want to yeah. talk about making hay from a, from a small field. Um that we played we so we thought yeah we'll give it a shot there are 50 scenarios we won't play through that many i think after like 4 hours we'd played through 15 and and but for it being kind of the end of the night i would have played that for another 4 hours yeah yeah but we played through 15 and we failed them multiple Miserably. times yeah a lot of times we uh were really eating it on there because it's very much also, there's a uh, no table talk rule, which is also a rule in most right. trick-taking games, a rule that most people ignore because you are playing with your family and they are six-year-old women. Uh, but in this one, the, the turns go so fast and it is so tense. Yep. The no communication makes it uh, very much the mind with a lot more strategy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, takeaways on the crew for me. One, theme doesn't matter. It could be literally anything. It just happened to be space-themed. Okay, fine. I enjoyed it. I thought the writing was meh, but it was it was enjoyable to hear, uh, hey, uh, this is the scenario that kind of acts as some, like, this is why you're doing what you're doing. Like, context. Okay, fine. It didn't have to be space-themed. It was. I'm fine with that. Well, I'm excited to see it as a mechanic because like I never thought about it, but a trick is just a point. Right. And uh, a number of points can be spent on a test. It could be spent for a resource. Sure. Um, and the book is just a book. It doesn't have to be linear. It doesn't have to be sequential. No. no. Um, and it's basically just a deck of cards and a book. So yeah. like I started thinking of all sorts of things you could do with trick taking as a mechanic. Yes. Uh, our variable play powers plus trick taking and a book for a story, like right. Viet, uh, in the macro, the Arabian Nights binder. Right. Or in the micro, which is the crew, which is literally the minimum viable product for, I think, this the is a game. The least number of cards you could put in a box. But the wild thing about the crew is it is obviously MVP. It is 40 cards mm -hmm. and a booklet. Mm -hmm. Like, that, the box is by far the most expensive part of the game. And I bet it's like a two-to-one ratio for yeah. everything inside of it. Yeah. Um, and it is still very, very good. So right. I can't imagine what happens if this becomes a trend and scales up like rolling rights and stuff. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, so we went to Barnes and Noble the next day and it's at Barnes and Noble. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's in target. Like you can find this game everywhere. You don't have to order on Amazon. We did. It's 15 bucks by the way. So other takeaway on the crew, if your game group is finally starting to get back together because it's safer in your area or you're being cautious for whatever reason, uh, for $15 in terms of the amount of time and interaction you'll get out of a cooperative game, I don't know that there's a greater ratio that I have found than the crew. Yeah, really easy to put up and uh, take down and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then um, also, like, I don't think we're ever going to have to go over the rules again. No. I don't think we're ever going to have to reteach it if we no. want to play it again. Um, we could sit down and pick it up right now. Yeah, yeah. It's so that easy to jump in. It's a hard recommend at that price point oh, for yeah. certain. Oh my god! And uh, if I if I could, you know, be king of board games and predict the next trend, I would want it to be uh, trick taking as like a story game RPG yes. mechanic, right? Which is what it's done. But uh, for context, yeah. outside of review copies we've been sent, which were free, it might be the least expensive game we've ever reviewed on this podcast, and it is probably in the top 10% for me in terms of cooperative games, fun, variability, playability, etc. Yeah, it's definitely Good the trade. biggest bang per buck we've had on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So but I am throwing those off by buying container and being excited. Yeah, you've yeah. you've moved the spectrum a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am an outlier. Thank you for that. Okay. And with that, uh, we're going to grab another beer, and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Caleb, that can makes me unhappy. So let's hope the contents are better. Uh, yeah, it, it's a bad, that's, that's good. Period. It, it's a bad, cover. it's a bad, it's a bad, cover. it's not offensive, but it just looks like the it's title st- card for a late 70s sitcom. Yeah. It's um, like stained glass. Uh, yeah, but, but poorly, not, but not well. Yeah. Um, it's like like what if uh uh what if the guy from Three's Company went to seminary like yeah. what like that would be the uh, the title card for that anyway show. sorry to ramp up the suspense it's the Church Street Church Street Pills mm. the Pilsner with Yusef Meyer lemon and lime flavor Yuzu Yuzu sorry mm-hmm. why did oh, you yeah. correct that to Yusef I didn't sorry there right. Google Docs yeah Yuzu uh, Meyer lemon and it's lime. like a fruit found in asia and china yeah i don't i don't uh i got i got jealous with all the lemon talk right yeah no i get it i don't think that's gonna be good i hope it is a pilsner's light enough to let all that other stuff dance around um caleb's face is not a fruity pilsner yeah it's not a good face well and a a citrusy pilsner pilsner i do not think so uh i imagine it tastes like a bad Lacroix. keep trying ithaca illinois right uh it's a two that is a your friends baked goods Ah, um ah. it is a pilsner Mm. that i remember as a pilsner man loves a pilsner because it is ramped up the pilsner flavor oh to about as maximum as it can go i got no lemon whatsoever no Uh. yuzu no lime even just offensively nasal pilsner you gotta get in there you ever want to drink the most stock yeah did, did you ever? Yeah, it's Pilsner, assaultively Pilsner. S- smells like a Pilsner. Yeah. Um, there's nothing else to it, though. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you guys were. I mean, I don't no think any God. of those flavors are in there. I think that is a abject lie. Um, yeah. That is that is the base of a beer that someone abandoned. Um, <laughs> yeah, they forgot about it and right. then they put it in a can. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I, a, I taste a tiny bit of citrus. Like yeah, that's, that, that beer is the silence for me. I have <laughs> already forgotten about it. Uh, so. Yeah, so that's a two. Wow, that is when we talk about um, uh, platonic, platonically ideal mm-hmm. versions of beers. Mm-hmm. If I could dig through my memory enough to remember having consumed that, and someone said, "What's the most pilsner you've ever had?" I would say Church Street Pilsner. It's pils. Torgy. I was going for a purgatory oh, pilsner. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, I, huh. I did. I couldn't pull it off. No, well, it's a tough one. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Uh, I think the attempt was what mattered there. Yeah, good for you. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what are we talking Pergner? about? Pergner. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think pills pilgatory was better. Pil- pilgatory. Yeah, pil- yeah. Pergner. Pergner was real. Was a, that's an Ermagerd <laughs> moment for me. That's yeah. like a synthwave DJ. You know. <laughs> It absolutely did a collab is. with yeah. the <laughs> Um, What's yeah. this here segment about? Well, uh, Sports Planner was tied for your number two vote getter. And uh, Chris Reed has suggested since the NBA finals are almost here, Spencer should explain to Caleb how the final two minutes of an NBA game are an example of Einstein's distortion of space and time. When does two minutes actually last? 45. Uh, Forty five. Honestly, 45 would be nice some nights for the last two <laughs> minutes of a basketball game. Uh, th- yeah, this is an interesting question. And um, uh, the NBA finals are, in fact, here now. Chris Reed submitted this question probably right before they began. We're currently two games in. The Phoenix Suns have a 2-0 lead on the Milwaukee Bucks. You heard it here. I'm going Suns in six. But actually, after having watched the first two games, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Suns in five. I do think Milwaukee will get one just because of the nature of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Anyways. 
to Chris's question. Uh, do, do you think he just makes up names for us, Ross, or their real names? I think Spencer's a professional in this regard. Okay. Thank you. All right. Giannis Antetokounmpo well, is a two-time league MVP, one-time defensive player of the year who plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks and he is phenomenal. Scored forty two points last night. They still lost. I have no way of confirming this. So that's yeah. totally reasonable. You, there are you do have a way. Couldn't possibly. Yeah. Couldn't. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go Google Sports. Bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You could. You're physically capable of. It. Yeah. But I. How likely am I going to? Very. Low. Seems. Yeah. Very seems low. unlikely. Yeah. But it's possible. Yeah. I could do a Simone Biles floor routine. Right. <laughs> if I worked real no, hard at it. You but definitely couldn't. No. Yeah, exactly. Right. So and I can't Google Sports. Those are two. <laughs> and I can't. Google Sports. <laughs> Can't do a Simone Biles floor team. Can't Google Sports. Yeah, proof. Tough. Okay, proven. All right. Um, so here's what happens at the end of an NBA game, uh, specifically in games that are close enough that if things break right, a team who is losing could use the last two minutes to their advantage to win. The reason Chris suggests the last two minutes of an NBA game can take up to 45 is that in the last two minutes of an NBA game, fouling suddenly becomes a strategic advantage for the team who is losing. Because what happens is if the winning team has players or a player who is uniquely bad at taking free throws, it becomes advantageous for the losing team to foul that player and put them on the free throw line because then it stops the clock. And if they miss one or both of the free throws, possession now goes over to you and now you've got the ball and you need the ball to score with time left. Mm -hmm. And if you have any timeouts left, it means that you're going to be taking those timeouts in between possessions where you haven't been able to achieve what you want to achieve and to plan who you're going to foul next to continue this deep, steep, slow climb towards hell where in two minutes takes 45. So it's like a Zeno's paradox to get to the end of the game. That's exactly right. And and teams that are behind eight to 10 in the last two minutes are very much still in the game. I've seen teams behind 12 to 15 in the last two minutes implement this strategy because the reality is you foul a bad shooter. You get them on the free throw line. They miss both their shots. You get possession. You run down, take eight seconds and jack up a three, which has become the new standard in the NBA. And now you were down 12. Now you're down nine. And that's just three possessions. You do it three more times. Bingo, bango. You're right back in the game. And so what ends up happening towards the end of an NBA game is that losing teams start to intentionally foul, specifically if they can foul bad shooters. If that allows losing teams to climb back up into the game, it now behooves winning teams who have timeouts left to take timeouts to discuss their strategy for when they get their possession back, because how do they run the clock out? How do they make sure they get the ball to their best shooter? So that if the losing team is going to foul, they're going to foul the shooter most likely to score. And so it becomes this little dance of who do you foul and when do you foul? And that stops the clock. And then we have free throws and then you get your possession back. And maybe you want to take a timeout on your possession to strategize what you're going to do with the ball before another foul occurs. And then we've got a possession and maybe there's a foul during the possession. And so the clock stops again. And now we take our free throws and then somebody else gets the ball. And then there's a question about whether or not we want to take a timeout so that we can figure out who do we want to foul or how do we want to get the ball to someone to be fouled in the last two minutes. I'm bored of you summarizing. This and we just yeah. do this endlessly yeah. oh for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. It, we teams will do this until there are mm, 15 to 20 seconds left. And it's clear you aren't going to be able to foul enough to get enough possessions back to change the score meaningfully. So I have a question. Um, we've talked a little bit about how baseball tried to speed itself up. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, I never followed up on that because it's baseball. Uh, you, Simone Biles. Wow. Uh, Simone Biles is the reason I can't watch baseball. I will not mm -hmm. be explaining. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Simone. So, uh, is there any attempt within the NBA or the fandom to eliminate this obvious uh, 
emergent play in the rules of the NBA. I know there's been talk of like eliminating three pointers in the past and things of that nature. Is there any talk of like something to alleviate this sort of uh, slowdown in a sport that is not about slowing down? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there may be at a league level that I'm unfamiliar with, but by and large, uh, the, the NBA hasn't done a lot over the last couple of years, at least to adjust what occurs at the end of the game in this way. Um, they have changed some of the rules around uh official reviews of fouls to determine if it was really a foul or what kind of foul it was and whether or not a team has to implement or initiate a review or if it can be done by a booth out of New York. So there have been some changes to the review and the foul calling process to streamline some of this. But the reality is as long as teams have a requisite number of timeouts and fouls continue to stop the clock, given the structure of the game, this is your only way towards the last two minutes for a losing team who's within a reasonable striking distance to do anything. Uh, Because the longer you let the clock run, the less possessions you're going to get, and that's less opportunities to score. And it's interesting because I think in some ways the NBA actually really likes this because what it allows, what it encourages is it encourages teams who have good shooters to come out and do insane shit in the last two minutes. Get the ball, take four steps to get across the court. Also, and we, can get all those, shot. we can all get all those local commercial spots in. Right, that's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And then they can sell a bunch of fucking commercials and ads during the time, and so it really ratchets Everyone up money. Wins. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I just think it's part <laughs> of the game. Except people watching the game. Except yeah. people watching the game. <laughs> and it's funny because Brandy has this rule where like she likes basketball enough, but she doesn't really care to watch anything other than the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, when this occurs in the fourth quarter, she, she rolls her eyes so hard she about throws up, and it's like, I don't care anymore just turn it off <laughs> so because that's kind of what i mean it's kind of a turn off if you're not there with a the vested interest and of course in the finals it's a lot of vested interest and it's interesting um but it can really it can really ruin a, a sporting event I, I will be honest with you not in the same way that baseball naturally in and of itself ruins a sporting <laughs> event uh but but it can it can really be a boring if you're having a bad time baseball's working that's exactly yeah. right yeah <laughs> so uh hey if you enjoy conversations about sports and you're a member of the mix six podcast community don't forget we have a sports planer channel on our Mix 6 Discord, so if you're not yet a patron but want to have more conversations like these and talk about the ongoings of sports ball, any of them, uh, feel free to jump in the Discord, find us on Patreon, and you too can become a member of this conversation. And with that, we're going to grab another beer. Spencer, what are you drinking? Uh, oh no, never mind. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? Sorry. <laughs> Hi. Uh this is from this is beer for golf uh from Off Color Brewing. Uh, it's got a delightful little cartoon little mouse or rat uh golfing. It is wit style beer with lemon and black tea added. Ooh. We've done yeah, so uh, many of the beer fours now. They had Pizza, a tacos. Yeah. Uh, Off color can do good stuff with tea. The first one we had, the Uzu. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was very good. That was good. It had a poem on the side. Beer, beer for you pizza definitely made taste me mad. the uh, uh, lemon. <laughs> um, it, it has a citrus thing, but it's not overwhelming. Are we three for three on lemon in beer right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be damned. Well, what I want to know about the black tea. That that's the that's the thing I re- picked it off the shelf for because it's really faint, but I can definitely hmm. it's there hmm. like. Hmm. Uh, it's got a little undercurrent of it. Um, very little aftertaste. It just kind of disappears after a, a few seconds, but it's, it's nice. Uh, especially for summer. This is, this is a nice summer beer, I think. So I'm going to give it a four cause we are in summer. That's great. Yeah. And again, we're back to citrus on citrus, mm-hmm. citrus flavor should, for a lemon Should we beer? give a name to the little mouse? 
that off color keeps using. Oh yeah, we do keep like, running. I'm into tired him. of describing him. Henry O'Flanagan. Henry O'Flanagan, the golf playing off color mouse. See, no, I don't. I do not like that beer. <laughs> yeah, there's right. something. Um, uh, this happened with beer for pizza. It's for me. very subtle. It's not a very s- strong flavor. There's something like oregano hits me as soon as I. As I soon don't as get it, that at all. I, I don't get it at all. Yeah. it might be your weird cilantro soap thing. Well, you know? here's here's the truth. Ever since COVID, my taste buds have been fucked. Things oh yeah, 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 Tortilla yeah. chips taste different. Lacroix just all tastes like uh like like kind of warm garbage, which sucks because as you know, I like Lacroix. Oh man, you finally learned what Lacroix tasted like. It's such a it bummer. Stripped the veil away. Ignorance was bliss. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like my taste has just been super super weird and occasionally like brandy will make something we had she we made homemade pizza the other night it was absolutely delicious i think and i had a bite of pepperoni and i was like i think this pepperoni's bad and brandy was like it's brand new pepperoni i literally just bought it home and sure enough hadn't expired she said it tasted great i just think my taste buds are a little bit fucked now so Jesus. thanks covid yep anyways caleb what are we talking about in this our third segment well we have been asked uh, by Ukulele Herzegovina has asked, suggest which beers to drink as you road trip through each circle of Dante's Hell. <laughs> mix so, six road trip. Mix oh, six yeah. road trip. We make a pair uh, on the circles of hell. So um, kind of surprised we didn't get this one earlier, considering my Dante opinions on other podcasts. Yeah. Which I just released the first one of that on free on RPPR. So if yeah. you want to have a preview of what you get on the RPPR uh, Patreon, of, plug the I'm going to try and not get as heated this time because we are just drinking. So uh, <laughs> circle one, the unbaptized. So you're out of the dark wood. Um, you've forgotten whatever that fucking lion, goat, jaguar symbolism shit is there. Mm-hmm. You're hanging out with your bus, bud Virgil takes you to the city of the unbaptized where every cool poet that's ever lived uh, is not good enough for heaven, but thinks you rule and deserve to be there. And you get to party with the boys in poetry club. So what are you drinking uh, in the city of limbo? Yeah. Uh, from Toll brewing. I'm drinking from the CMYK Mr. Series, the Mr. Brown. Yeah. What if, what if purgatory tasted great? Right. Yeah. And, and and it's funny because as best I can tell, after having purchased all six of the Mr. Browns that were available in our region after Ethan Fisett told me about them, uh, the only place I believe that Mr. Brown continues to exist is, in fact, in purgatory. <laughs> you will not find it. It, it is, is the, nowhere. It is the liquid of the dead. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so if you can find it, send it, but you won't. Uh, uh, yeah, what do you got? Obvious thing is three philosophers because they're hanging out there. Sure, yeah, I like it's like right. it's those guys. Yeah, right. it's those guys. <laughs> and you know what? Very I don't good. think I think that as a as a as a podcast meme, uh-huh. three philosophers haven't come back around enough. I mean, that was kind of like our That's still a good. Beer. It was like kind of our OG go to. I had best it a beer. year. I had it a year ago. I'm like this aged well. Yeah, like there's more beers amongst it now, right. but. It's, I still would drink a Three yeah, Philosophers. Three Philosophers was a real eye-opener for me. Caleb, what are you drinking? Uh, like every nerdy kid who read Dante's OC fanfic, uh, I thought Limbo didn't sound like punishment at all. It fucking ruled there. So, uh, LaRouche, uh, yeah, you you just, that's, right. that's a, hey, we're all dead or we just died right. kind of beer. Um, and it's a special occasion. You're partying with all your poet pals. And, uh, yeah, you got to drink a LaRouche. Mm-hmm. It's classy. They'd like that. Yeah. 
I agree. Uh, and, and, and would be worth going there for is how I feel about that beer. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Caleb, tell us about the second circle. So, uh, this is going to be a sex tornado mm. of the lustful. Mm-hmm. I am not exaggerating. It's a giant tornado of people fornicating. So, um, what do you bring to that cookout? Am I right? <laughs> uh, so if it's the lustful, I think you're going to want something uh, sensual and decadent. Mm-hmm. You want you want something over the top. That's your sin. Right. Uh, you need something to wake up the uh, taste buds of these uh, sex tempests. Sex tempests. Uh, and so I'm going to go with battered boars borchata. Which I have not had the pleasure of having. Which is made from like hand ground cinnamon when the fine it like it is uh the most decadent over the top beer i think it has a shelf life of probably three minutes <laughs> before it spoils uh but it didn't spoil when i drank it and it was amazing so that was that's what i would give to people in the sex tornado which again if you gotta go to hell right yeah and you can't hang out with all your poet buds sex tornado, sex tornado does not sound that bad no that's right even though it makes dante faint but you know that's a dante problem yeah producer ross you know what's not illegal in hell for loco <laughs> <laughs> if that's not for loco's new national ad you know campaign. what's not illegal in hell yeah. That's got to be the name of this episode. Yeah. You know what's not illegal in hell? Yeah. That is absolutely the name of this if episode. If I saw a beer in a gas station that said, you know what's not illegal in hell? <laughs> this beer. I would buy it sight unseen. It could wow. just say that right. in black font on a white can. Yeah. And I would buy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beer for not illegal in hell. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, so I thought I tried to theme a little bit here, both a beer that I thought was lustful in mm. flavor and also a deep red brown mm. in color. Uh, New Belgium's Le Creek Noir. New mm. Belgium has some like big, chunky, deeply sour beers that are just full bodied and odd and have some of the sours we have occasionally have an oakiness to them because of the way in which they're aged. And Le Creek Noir really, um, well, it was it was a moment of exposure for me. I'd not had a sour like that before, and it changed the way I encountered things. And uh, m- much like seeing a sex or particip- certainly participating in a sex tornado might mm-hmm. have a have a really enlightening moment. Well, if me. you're anything like Dante, you see uh, somebody's lady parts and you immediately faint and have to be carried to the next circle. Yeah, absolutely. By uh, a Greek uh, Roman poet. Hashtag, who, hashtag same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, third layer of hell, Caleb. Uh, for, for third layer, it's the gluttonous uh, eating filth. Mm. Uh, they are they are eating filth constantly, uh, but never being full. So of course, uh, what are you going to give these people as a drink to accompany their filth and not feeling full? Yeah, the, the, a deeply filling beer, like for an example, an Abraxas. Yes, yes. Yeah. I was thinking along the same lines. Yeah. I want KBS. That's exactly right. KBS. You want something you had a good meal and you shouldn't have drinking a KBS, which is your immediately sensation after. Yeah. KBS is three stages. Man, I want one. Fuck yes, KBS. Oh, I shouldn't have done what that. What did I do? That is <laughs> that is the three stages of KBS. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I would really like to try that maple Mackinac fudge that they have too. We've not seen it around here. Mm-hmm. But uh now that KBS is produced year round, it's less interesting to me. But yeah, a variant yeah. that you can't get year round. Well, you're gonna need a lot of it. It yeah. is the gluttonous. That's exactly right. right. Okay. Yeah. Producer Ross. Is it too obvious to say brown note? 
it's not. It is okay. disgusting. There we go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Brown note from Off Color Brewing, which I think was the first can art that we openly shamed on this on yeah. this podcast. Maybe Leg Humper, which is also oh, terrible. Oh God. Well, that'd be I will blast. remember that forever. That would have made sense in the Sex Tornado, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably in the Sex Tornado. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's fair. Brown Note's a good one. Uh, Dante would approve of the Contrapasso mm. of that pick. Well, do we even like Brown Note? Like, was it? It's a, it's a three. Okay. Uh, all right. So four. Hoarders and spinthrifts. Uh, so this is where Dante starts to realize he has way, way more fucked up punishments than he has sins to go through. Uh, so we start subdividing hell. So there's a lot of stuff going on in four. Uh, the main one is um, you ever see one of those little things where you move the little marble around the, the oh, yeah. labyrinth? Oh, yeah. It's like that, but circular. And you and a dude are pushing balls and then you just clack. And then you go around the circle again, you clack again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's for the hoarders and spinthrifts. So I said, what what tastes like rolling a rock uh-huh. endlessly in a circle? I'm going to go with Miller Lite. Oddly, uh, not, yeah. oddly not rolling rock. Yeah, not rolling rock, uh, which would be better right. uh, than Miller Lite. But Miller Lite makes me think, I'm just at a, I'm at a bowling hall and I'm trapped. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm trapped in a liminal space. Yeah. I've gone for Avery's El Goza here. And here's the take on that. I think El Goza's fine. El Goza was kind of first to the market in the like more uh, widely distributed kind of sour beer. Sure. And so then for two years, anywhere you went, it was just El Goza. Like, do you want an yeah. El Goza? No. I, actually, yes. And three months later, it's kind of like, eh, I guess so. And three months later, it was like, no. And then for another year, you had an, uh, just more El Gozas everywhere. And I don't know if that's a Springfield market peculiarity, but I got real done with El Gozas real fast. Mm-hmm. Producer Ross? Uh, I actually would go the opposite way and say anything from Side Project, we could just say LaRouche. Uh, and the idea is like, you never know if you're going to get any more. So you hoard it. Like you, you, you look ah. at it and you're like, I, when am I going to go to that brewery again? When am I, when, right. when, are the, when is the mm-hmm. beer, mm-hmm. uh, the beer store in hell going to restock this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so and it, the answer is almost as much as they restock it from actual. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So like it's, it's, uh, that would be a perfect, yeah. A fitting punishment, I think. Yeah. All right. The wrathful, we got a river of blood. People are immersed in it, depending on the number of lives they took in life. What are they drinking? I went with uh, Blood Orange Billy New England IPA sure. because you're a murderer. You, de- you deserve nothing better. Yep. And it's going to go with the color of your river blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think yeah. that's smart. Yeah. I, I almost went for the Champagne Velvet flavor beer, whatever it's called, uh, because it distinctly reminded me of a bloody penny when I <laughs> when I drank it. But instead... Anything double dry hopped. That is truly (laughs) wrathful by design. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is excessive. It is meant to show off how much it hates you. And it is there exclusively to punish you. It's a microcosm of the crime of murder, but for your taste buds. If I I had to pick a beer that serial killers preferred, it would probably be double dry hopped. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Serial killers drink IPAs. Yeah. Oh, no. In the modern adaptation of American Psycho, there is a chapter talking about IPAs. Like, he talks about Huey Lewis in the news. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Absolutely. It is 40 pages long and mind-numbing to read. Patrick Bateman has never had an IPA, (laughs) but he loves IPAs. Yeah, if they were around in the 80s, he would have been crazy about it. But you know what I think would be the best fit would actually be something like, it would be gas station, be like, let's say Bud Light, just because I think more people have been murdered 
flavored because of it than any other beer. Oh, okay. Oh, so you think it's the cause of? Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I would have put hmm. Steel Reserve or Mickey's on here. But. That, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the true crime <laughs> podcast I want to hear. Yeah. What kind of beer it has the most oh bodies God. on are it? Are these people drinking? Hey, uh, new two thousand dollar goal for our Patreon. <laughs> We'll do that. Oh my god! And we'll call it a brew crime podcast. A brew oh crime. my god! What were they drinking at the OK Corral? I, mean, I yeah, kind of want to do that. No, like, that I know roll. it's a joke, but I don't know. Have I don't know of enough history. It was also most of it would be. We'll shit. make it up. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't care. Oh my god! We make it up. Yeah. Yeah. The thought that I would do research—that was the funny part. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the heretics. So who who are you going with the heretics? So. um... <clears throat> Uh, leaky roof metery. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, I don't. I don't have anything to say about this. Uh, it was awful, horrible, ruined things for me. Um, you know, I, you know, who's a heretic in this? In this, Bill. Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Didn't he bring that? Yeah, shit? he did. He yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying in general, in in terms of beer, uh, it would be uh, White Claw is the law, like that. That mm. it's, it's a hard seltzer fan. So like, <laughs> it's a hard seltzer fan. That's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I struggle with the heretics because, like, there's people in there that uh, most of the heretics is just Dante mm-hmm. being angry at people in Florentine and politics. But it's also like everyone who's Muslim or something. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to have like the best food in hell because that's where all the people who understand flavor live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted something that's going to be uh, good for their palates because mm. I don't want to be partying in hell alone. Uh, you know, I, I want to bring the fun with me. So I went with a. Uh, Kung Pao Imperial Stout with uh, oh, okay. chili powder, ginger power, Szechuan pepper, sea salt, and peanut extract. There's something for everyone in it. Truly. Um, yeah, so. That was a real moment for us on this podcast. Yeah. That, uh, that, actually, was may, that might be the turning point. I was going to say, I think that was the moment where Stillwater mm-hmm. got, got some life back. Yeah, the turning of the tide, yep. as Gandalf would have said. Yep. Uh, and the violent. Yeah. So this is going to be suicides, mm. um, murderers. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Bruno Latini, anyone who is homosexual, which is very sad in Dante's hell. And he is very sad about it. And we do, certainly don't agree with him on that. So mm-hmm. that's why I got the boys wandering around the desert for the crime of just liking, liking the boys. Uh, a Sonic Cranberry Hard Seltzer, because that seems like it would be refreshing if you're in a desert where it rains fire. Uh, with your fellas. Now it's just a beach party. I really right? want to. Tr- I want to try the Sonic Hard Seltzers. Like yeah. I really want to try them. Yeah, they I, look delicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you need something light and refreshing for sure. those, those gents. They deserve it. They've been running around that desert. I, I like that reasoning. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's here's what I've gone with: uh, zombie dust. Um, because uh, a it's delicious, and you want something to kind of you know take the edge off there, and b drink enough of it, and it truly is violent. What will occur to you? That beer. <laughs> You don't realize what's happening to you while it's happening to you, and then you are wrecked. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking wrecked. Bless up to Zombie Dust, by mm-hmm. the way. Uh, and Wait, producer Ross? I, yeah, I, I actually, I agree with the Sonic Hill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then we're going to have the fraudulent. So anything you want here is really good. There's mm-hmm. 10, uh, there's 10 sub levels of this level. That's too many. So you could fit anything you really wanted in there. Um, I'm going to go with Evil Twin Brewings, even more pecan pie Jesus, Jesus. because um, correlations with the loving uh, nature of Christ, pecan, mm-hmm. um, the word brewing, mm. all all of these things were total lies, sla- fraudulent. Yes. Yeah. Fra- lies. Lies given to me uh, for one of the worst beers I've ever drank. 
Um, it tasted unholy, and it was a it was a crime of blasphemy. Really. Absolutely awful. Yeah, uh, I think fraudulent, and I think of any of the other CMYK Mister Beers, and there is one for every one of the ten sub levels. I believe there's a Mister Blue, there's a Mister White, there's a Mister Purple, there, and they're all increasingly circulate the level of tool disappointment. Yeah, and yeah. and for for having produced singularly one of the three best beers I've ever had in my entire life. Then to produce only and exclusively shit beer. But what about Mr. White? (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Producer Ross? Um, You know what? I think this would be the, um, I can't remember the exact name, but the, uh, the, it had Storm in the title. It was the River Silt one uh, because that was, that came from a friend. Oh, Oh, Newport Storm. Storm Storm 09. Oh, nine. That was fraudulent. That was not Or oh, seven. Yeah. We, uh, I still have a couple bottles. Oh, like the, boy. The you need to find a trash can for those. <laughs> right. I'll buy you a trash can for those. Uh, maybe maybe for my bachelor's party, going back to the other podcast, the, uh, someone can drink that to entertain me. What, what do you think a bachelor party is? Right. Like Punishment. It's not Saw. Like, we don't have to just dance for you like puppets on a string. Oh, uh, all right. Anyway, Circle Nine, the treacherous. Basically, just a big frozen lake. Uh, and a giant Satan with three heads eating um, Brutus and uh, Judas Iscariot and some other Roman that he didn't like. Um, I got to go with best made spicy pickle sour. Right. That's Um, that's it. I I think it would melt the ice my friends are in down in the treacherous. Uh, Don't do that. And uh, because I know it would melt concrete. So I I think it's going to go through ice just fine. So, you know, you can have some friends to party with. And um, I think it could beat Satan, not unlike some sort of Spear of Longina situation. It is an enchanted weapon uh, of dark portent. So that's what I would give the Lord of Hell himself. I chose the spicy pickle beer. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't think it's even you. Debatable. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I I'm torn. I have two. Uh, one would be like Rasputin. Uh, you want a stout where it's cold, and Rasputin is probably there. I'm sure. <laughs> he's, he's somewhere down. He might be multiple places. Yeah. Down there, right? um, We're gonna true. have to clone you to do all the penitence. But but really, I thought the other choice would be uh, Malort. Uh, I, I mean, it's not a beer, but like, I mean, if there's anything that it is not a beer, it is yeah. not a beer. Yeah. yeah. So. It's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Not a beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's that's what we're drinking in hell. So uh, we, we hope you uh, like our recommendations for when we all get there. So. Woo! Spencer, what are you drinking? It is my beer this time, and unfortunately, it's an evil twin beer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In keeping with our theme of lemon, though, by the way, totally unplanned, this lemon thing. Like, this, we didn't go looking for lemon beers, and my assumption is you weren't walking around going, hey, there's a lemon beer, and there's a lemon beer. You don't understand my process. It's, I can't remember drinking that. It goes in the cart. Right. That's, that's the full, pr- and here's the thing. It's getting harder. <laughs> yes. I think it's not so much a lemon beer as we didn't buy a lot of lemon beer before, right. and we're getting to the bottom of the barrel. By the way, we got a P.O. box if you guys want to send us something. Right. Especially if you're from some exotic distribution corner yes. that won't talk to us. That right. would be swell. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. Our our mixed six-pack beer wall at all of our locals is is stunningly low on things that we've not tried yet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just uh, cry for help. <laughs> Anyways, this is from Evil Twin Brewing. And 
I don't know if it's good news or bad news that they didn't get up their own ass and name it something stupid. It's just called lemon meringue. And I don't know if that should indicate to me what's going to happen here in one direction or the other. Yeah, I, I don't feel like it's good news right. based on past experience, but mm-hmm. maybe it is an outlier. I will give it that. It's a fruited sour ale with lemon and marshmallow flavors. That's an so, interesting combination. Mm-hmm. I don't really... Why do we of, give him all the marshmallow beers? It's we're just really we're monsters. You have to think. Of, you have to think. You're about wearing that. a s'more shirt. Right I now. am Don't wearing a s'more shirt. Like you're yeah. above it. Um, <laughs> I mean, you were wondering why we do it. Yeah, and we, true. you know, why it's we true. do it. Like, well, I think it's the listeners that, that really do it yeah. to us. No, okay, uh, we suffer for them. <laughs> Ernie, I need to say something. Okay, that's fucking delicious. Really, what? it is fucking against all odds. delicious. Let me get in this there. beer. It's what I think that lemon slice wanted to be mm-hmm. from Prairie. That beer is truly and utterly delicious, right? Like that is a good beer. Damn, Evil Twin, <laughs> you you got me. I know. Do you know what it reminds me of? When we were at Origins two years ago, there was a lemon citrus sour uh, from uh, Urban Artifact mm. that was at those bars we were walking mm-hmm, around mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. and it had a little. It had like a. It was like a lemon pie or something. But it, that meringue, it, it's yes. got a, it's got a little sweetness, it's got a little sweetness, wow. the vanilla yes. hot, it's very sticks on the tongue. It's got, mm, it's Th- very good. That is, that is a five that, that is comfortably the best evil Damn, twin evil beer. Twin. It's, it's good. I don't know if I could have more than one though in a day. Yeah, like, no, I think that's fair. That's it's true like, for a lot of fives. Well, though. yeah. Cause it's, it's sweet. It is. And sweet. I feel like if I had two uh, in the same day, it would be, it would be too, too much sweetness. Here's what I'll tell you. Here's why I'm yeah. so impressed with this beer. Were there not that amount of lemon, it would be too sweet. And Mm -hmm. were it not that sweet, that would just be lemon. Mm -hmm. And they found a good way to make it lemony on the front and sweet on the back. It it has a lemon meringue quality to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. Frustratingly and annoyingly impressed is Mm -hmm. what I am. Evil twin. You admit... I don't think I think this is the good twin. Right. Maybe the good twins in control. Again. Right. This is the geni- maybe it's a geni- cycle. There, may, there are two twins inside you. Um, mm. The the one you drink. Yeah. Be, uh, be the yeah. other twin. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got one. Caleb, what are we talking about? Uh, so in Ask Mix Six, Ken R asks for Spencer. In Hello. The aughts. I only watched genre fantasy and sci-fi movies. What normie movies did I miss? Wow. This question is prompted after going through the Fast and the Furious series. What a gift, A, that you got to go through the Fast and the Furious yeah. series. Yeah, very good Ken. for you. I mean, I... Yeah. We really just... I just wanted to put this on here to congratulate you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm patting you on the back for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what? I, so I want to open this up to the table because in the early 2000s, maybe even we might say late 90s, there were, there were some gems of other films. For example, Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm, very normal. Very intensely normal. normal film. Intensely yeah. normal film. Mm-hmm. Totally entertaining. Nicolas Cage at his medium craziest. <laughs> uh, just an absolutely unbelievable film. What are what else are deeply normal films from the early two thousands? Ooh, The Rock. Yeah. yeah, that's very normal. Also, Any, Nicolas Cage. Wasn't that the nineties though? Was that two? It was late nineties, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, you're looking. You're not so much looking at a film list here. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a what is TNT play right. in the yes in the teens. Yeah, that's, that's what right. you're looking for. You're looking for like a 2011 to 2019 yeah daytime TNT movie list because mm-hmm. that is as normal as it's going to get. Uh, it's it's going to be very any TBS 
that would also be good in that in that realm. Yeah, TBS um, just loves to replay a film over and over again. Uh particularly like like 50 First Dates. Uh that Shawshank is Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, which is um, late 90s I think, yeah. but 50 First Dates feels like early to mid 2000s and boy yeah, 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 like yeah. Adam Sandler had a run of bedtime stories. Adam Sandler had a run of like rom-coms post The Wedding Singer before we realized what he was. Yeah. And it, well, but I think and it became too hard to stop. But before he oh, before he took the mask off. comedies too. Uh, oh, sure. Like Step Brothers and Dodgeball. Oh, Talladega Nights. Oh, uh, yeah, Super yeah. Troopers. Yeah. Super yeah. Troopers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, very the, normal movie. The whole oh, the whole run of uh like 40-year-old virgin um What's that? Guy's oh yeah, name? Apatow before Judd he Apatow. fell up his own ass. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. That's Judd normal. Apatow had like a totally good run of of like mid two thousand. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, super bad. Super bad. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you would end up watching a lot of bro comedies. You would if you were going, but for some normal. of them aren't awful. Yeah. Like like the bro comedy. Uh, like I think the Will Ferrell, Dynamite? John C. Riley stuff is like a now yeah, John um, C. romantic comedies. There's some in, must there's, love dogs. Yeah, we're also in an intentionally normal area of that. So love like, actually. This is before Catherine Heigl. Sweet home Alabama. It's before Catherine Heigl blows up her career. Right. So you got like 27 dresses, yes. stuff like that. Knocked up. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of Apatow mm-hmm. and uh, fucking Seth Rogen. Uh, like kind of follow the rise of Seth Rogen, and you'll probably get some like mid 2000s. Is it knocked up. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, Napoleon Dynamite. We've mentioned a few Anchorman. times. Anchorman. Yeah, again, Adam McKay. Of, yeah, the the whole the frat pack as they were referred to in media. Old school. In, uh, Old school might be the first of the lot. Like that may be the progenitor. That's the, yeah, that's the normalest movie you'll ever see. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like Animal House? Did you want to watch it again with Will Ferrell? Uh, because <laughs> uh, because it's great. By the way, it's fucking great. Yeah, I love Old School to Death. Um, so I would say look at some directors. Uh, uh, I would look at early Edgar Wright stuff, Shaun of the Dead, Hot oh, Fuzz. God. Uh, I mean, that's genre. That's true. I, I feel like that's well, true. I feel like Ken R. and sci-fi. He did not say horror. Right. Right. If and Ken R. has not seen Shaun of the Dead, I will right. eat my hat. Right. Okay. Ken, send me a hat. Well, if. send him a hat or watch Shaun of the Dead okay. and watch Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> uh, but I would say if you Hot look Fuzz. Hot yeah. Fuzz, yeah, yeah, that's not. I mean, it's genre, I guess. But if I were you, he I would look at directors. Films, right. So look at Adam McKay. Look at Judd Apatow. Edgar Wright, if you've not seen that stuff, um, early two thousand. Look at anything from by Nicolas Cage from two thousand to mm, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, probably. Um, if you want to get into art movies, there's things like American Psycho, which is pretty. Oh, iconic. okay. What yeah, about yeah, horror? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, also we're in a very Psycho. we're in a very uh, powerful Saw. I mean, po- Saw was two. Well, we're in a post Scream era in your in your aughts. That's yeah, true. Horror. So we've got porn, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Hostel. We, well, also the end of like uh, I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, so those would be normal movies. Jeepers uh, Creepers was like was oh, like yeah. deep mainstream the faculty. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's that, late 90s, yeah. but yeah, boy oh, okay, boy. Yeah. Very sci-fi, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, he So normal it. it's not remembered as sci-fi. Yeah. Like it's literally about an alien invasion and like mm-hmm. you could go to a sci-fi convention and not see it in like the alien invasion show. Yeah. Cuz it doesn't feel I'll like tell that. You some, it's a Josh Hartnett film. <laughs> here's a movie you should watch from I'm guessing early 2000s. 
Uh, oh, we should also mention that this was the rise of like the the sports film, like Bring It On, The Replacements. Mm-hmm. By the way, The Replacements is fucking great with Keanu oh, Reeves. Oh, man. The, yeah, yeah. The Replacements is one of my top five normal films. Exactly. Yeah. Intensely normal. But Drop Dead Gorgeous is a movie you should absolutely watch. Uh, it is unbelievable. It's funny. It's right. It's is this Legally Blonde? Is Le- that in there? Legally Blonde is yeah. like, I want to say like 08 maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Definitely top five normal films. Um. That feels like a lot of movies we've just named. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, you're. Here's the hard part. Maybe space them out. It's going to be hard to remember them all if you do them all at once. Right. Uh, having having been in the tub, I will tell you from experience. We watched a lot of late '90s movies there for a while, and I couldn't tell you the name of one. I it's just lost time. Especially those rom coms. Yeah. Yeah, I just blacked oh, yeah. out like for a number of them. I have no idea what was happening. Oh. Uh, boy. So yeah, you got to be careful about some end of history stuff because when it's really internalized in the script, yeah. In a truly normal film, yeah, uh, you will not know you've actually seen something. Right. Just Google like uh, Colin Firth, like that. That's ten, <laughs> that's ten years of movies. What was Colin Firth doing? Then? Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, thanks so much for the question, Ken. I hope any of those recommendations are good recommendations for you. And uh, with that, we're gonna get more beer. Well, Caleb, uh, your uh, your attempt to bring Evil Twin back down to Earth begins now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot I bought another Evil Twin brewing jam mm. uh, while I was at mm. the store. Besides that, uh, very surprising and delicious lemon meringue. Very surprising. Uh, I also got Evil Twin Brewing's "What Our Age Lacks Is Not Reflection," but IPA. Oh God, that is the literal name of the beer they they wrote it on it in the king's english like you can read it and everything uh they picked a small font which is a good choice uh but uh and uh not small enough eight percent double dry hopped ipa because there's not enough of those in the world in uh, in the age apparently (sighs) they they they're they they probably have a full-time like team of people to do marketing they're like that's a good flavor yeah we should our numbers prove that People want double dry hopped double dry hopped IPAs. Yeah, it's an I. It's it's a double dry hopped IPA. It's, it's an I. It's a double dry hopped IPA. Yeah, try it. Yeah. Okay. I want. I, you can't say anything after you drink it except an integer. All right. Okay. I gotta know what your rating is. First thought, best thought. It's <laughs> a three. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That is exactly what it was always going to be. Yep. Um. It's actually not offensive. I might actually, yeah, I might three. actually love this beer now because, like, the idea that you call it what the age lacks is not reflection, but IPA, and then you make the most middling, right, unoffensive, yep, yep. <laughs> IPA yep. ever uh, is is very funny to me, right? Uh, yeah, there's nothing about it that I like, but it is exactly what it says it is, <laughs> and it doesn't offend me. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is it. So, still, still in the positives here. Averaging out at big, a four. Big day for Evil big Twin. Big day for Evil Twin. The best yeah. day they've had. I'm I'm confident of that. Yes. Uh, Caleb, we're into Nerdsplainer, which was the number two vote getter tied with Sportsplainer, I believe, this week. Um, and you're about to talk about something that I don't even recognize the word. I know. So I can't I can't even wait for whatever the fuck this is. Yeah. So uh, we get a lot of questions about parasociality. Mm-hmm. 
uh, primarily because we have beer conversations with our fans by ourselves. Right. Uh, and that is understandable. But I, I I worry about answering them, even though I do have a perspective on it, because I worry like it seems like I'm above it when I'm not. No. Like at all. No. Uh, so I wanted to talk about like one of the weirdest and uh, saddest and most parasocial things I am currently into. Okay. Which is Kush Vlog on um, YouTube. So No idea. Ross, do you know what this is? No, he's got more useful things to do with this time, I'm absurd. <laughs> uh, so Kush Vlog is Matthew Chrisman. It is one of the hopes of Chapo Trap House. Mm. Um, and he is the oldest of the three on that leftist podcast. Mm-hmm. Is very uh, popular. Um, and, you know, they all do their own things. Like Will writes a lot for mainstream publications, and there's all this Twitch stuff going on with Felix and them. But he's, like, doesn't know how to use his phone, right? Like, he is an older millennial uh, that has a history degree. Um, and so basically what it is, is his private thing is he just sets up his phone in a room in his house with like just a blank ass white wall or my favorite during quarantine outside, like while people are doing construction and walking by on the streets of New York and he just talks at it. Um, and that's it. Uh, but it's, it's live streamed on Twitch he doesn't know how to start the stream himself. He has to like call his producer to do it every time. And while he's waiting for the stream to start, he'll just start singing a song. Like, and it has nothing to do with what he's going to talk about. He'll just like start singing fat bottom girls. And like, (laughs) and he's like drinking a truly and then vaping constantly, but he doesn't want to be seen vaping. So he'll like hit the truly. No. Behind the can. Behind the can. And then blow into the can and then set the can out to set. And he's just like trying not to be seen doing is very obvious. Is he talking about anything like meaningful? He's amazingly intelligent. He is uh, one of my favorite thinkers ever. Um, He has a brilliant historical mind. I learn stuff every time I listen to him. Um, But they are just insane leftist rants. He's not talking to anyone. Like, He'll sometimes talk at the Twitch chat, but like they'll troll him and he just screams at them. It's like confrontational. And otherwise, like it's like you're interrupting him as he just sits in a room and talks to himself about like what a way, what some way we could have made Southern Reconstruction work. And he will just like verbatim cite these just reams and reams Hmm. and reams of information Mm -hmm. uh, and correlate things and make a pretty sophisticated historical analysis while vaping alone in a (laughs) barren bedroom and talking to a webcam. He does clearly not understand. Uh, And I just, I, 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 it's appointment television for me. Like I hear it's going up. I'm like, Oh man, Got to have this weird beater dude talk right. to himself in a room. Right. Like, I am there with bells on. They're like hour and a half long. Jesus. I couldn't recommend them to anyone, like, in any good conscience. Thank you. Uh, but it is, uh, I, I, I am invested Do you in think- this man talking to himself in a room. He's been talking about writing a book for, like, two years. And uh, he he has openly admitted to not starting writing it yet. <laughs> Um, but he is a member of Chapo Trap House, so of course he's pre-sold it. Right, definitely pre-ordered that book. He is not started writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, like, yeah, I am just entirely in on what this weird 
um, failed history professor is going to rant at himself in a room while vaping. Do you think the part of the allure is the unfinishedness of all of it? Just like there's no trapping, there's no production. It's just like smart person talking. Yeah, I mean, he'll do book clubs. Right. Like he'll be like, read along with me. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I've, I've done some of the book clubs with him. Like I, I'm just totally parasocial into it. But it's not a conversation. Right. <laughs> Right. It's not a, yeah. it's not a club. Yeah, it's not a club. I just read a book at the same time. Right. Um, yeah, but it is um it's very intriguing. I think it's the reason I like it is because I really got into it uh during quarantine, especially during lockdown. Early mm-hmm. lockdown is when I discovered it. And uh there was something about a man talking to himself about the end of the world, which is all he does every fucking day, uh, alone in a room that just spoke to me deeply. Sure. And I am invested now. Yeah, like I, I am all in, in his adventures of like, um, his chair collapsed in his last video. We're all talking about that in the community. The chair collapse has been clipped, memed. <laughs> It's all the it's all the threads can talk about is uh, it, it instantly got like juicy gang co op and all these other leftist streams just cut him falling out of the chair and he gets on he's like oh well that's gonna be clipped I've been owned I have been owned <laughs> he just instantly understands it um, he people get angry about the Twitch strategy just starts screaming you can't cancel me people have to know who you are before you can get canceled I'm too weird to be canceled. Just, just. I'd like to uh, check it out. I mean, just because, you shouldn't. Yeah, you really should. I can't Great. recommend it. Great. <laughs> I recommended a six-hour uh, <laughs> video to you. Loved it, and I meant that recommendation. Right. Uh, I, I just, it, it's so low quality. Half the time, his mic doesn't work, or he'll like stare off at some point in the wall and not direct sound towards the fucking keyboard or the microphone. Um. I, blog. I love him. I want nothing more. Uh, the titles make little or no sense. Uh, Something we one of the reasons one was a polycule for Leibowitz. He mentions none of that. Hmm. It's not even referenced <laughs> anywhere. Huh. It's just uh, weird nonsense. Yeah. So, so not recommended. Cush uh, vlog, apparently. I mean, yeah, you got to be really into leftist shit. Right. And uh, okay, listening to a sad man talking himself into being sadder. Right. Uh, but if, if that's your thing. It's uh, very. Boy, do we have it's a definitely very you. nerdy because I have been trading memes on message boards about a man falling out of a chair for the last two weeks. Yeah, and I don't know what's much nerdier than that. There you go. Uh, with that, we're gonna get one more beer, and we'll be right back. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? This is the Zimson uh, Baltic Porter from Melvin Eureka. This is a tall boy. It is cold conditioned in Weller bourbon barrels. Okay. He's a trains like in Rocky Four. Yeah, sorry. Just it is. The, right, yeah. Right. Uh, this is like it's dark purple with a barn owl on it. And like the text is black on purple. Yeah. So like it's hard to read. Right. It looks like a like an Ozzy Osbourne Ooh, this album smells cover. thick. This is a yeah Baltic Porter. I mean, it looks like one of those silk shirts they used to sell in Hot Topic on the yeah. cover. Like that pattern yeah. would be on the back of it in those same unreadably saturated this is, purples. This tastes more like a stout than a porter. Mm. Like it is. There's not much. It's not smoky at all. It has more of that motor oil. Like very. Mm. I, uh, I I don't know what percentage it is, but it 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 tastes like a high percentage beer. 
Uh, it's 9%. So yeah, not nothing. Hmm. Um, I'm going to give this a three out of five because it's fine, but it's not right. like it's, um, I like the smokiness of a Porter more and yeah. this doesn't have the smokiness and it's just, it, it's very viscous. Should be noted. A lot of cans rich. is what we're also on. That's right. Your whole. Yeah. Uh, out of, in our this is a tall boy, yeah. So I don't know. If I'm, I'm not a particular this. porter fan generally. Like I've, I don't know that I've had a porter. I like the shoots. I was going to say, but yeah. if I'm going to have one, it's going to be that Black Butte Porter yeah, from the yeah. shoots. That's mm-hmm. a very good beer. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good standby. Like, but if that if that's the best that a porter can do, yeah, I don't know that I'm into. If porters. I want a porter, I'll get a stout. This, yeah, right. this is a stout. Like this right. tastes like a stout. Yeah. I don't know. Just, you want to try it? Yeah, see? I'll give it a go. Yeah, because it just I feel like it's mislabeled. Oh yeah, it doesn't smell like a porter. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it, the coloring is so bad. Well, okay. I like the coloring. It's just the it's text. Like, it should have been read anything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It should have been white or gray, yeah. or a light gray or something like black on purple is not a good look. You know, I get a little sm- just for marketing. I, I guess. get a little yeah. smoke, but not not like it. Not in a good way. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's like a little smoke enough to almost have a sour quality to it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that, I don't think you should be able to do. Um, a beer float with a porter. Right. But like with a coffee ice cream. Oh yeah. That would go great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there's hardly any smoke in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not much there. I might go for, but I am uh, obviously of the darker persuasion and how I like my malt. So, uh, yeah. Three, not in three summer. Three, I feel yeah. like this is seasonal. If this was like fall. And yeah. Day, yeah. Sure. This would be a full. Yeah. Day. I'd be yeah. better with it. Then. A yeah. day in July might be affecting the energy. hundred percent. It's like 7 million degrees. outside. <laughs> Uh, Caleb, I believe in drunk enough, you've proposed this topic. So, uh, what is it? So, uh, I am writing full time in addition to the, uh, marijuana abuse and not teaching that we mentioned earlier. Uh, and in doing that, I am trying to also reteach myself how to consume, um, media, like put something on cause I want to watch it. Not cause I want it in the background as I grade, um, read something because i know i'm not going to have to read five thousand pages of bad essays mm-hmm. uh and, I, and i'm trying to generally get myself uh in a more intellectual mindset but that requires um being a lot more active consumer especially yes. of written media uh than i was while i was working right. full time in the day job so i'm sort of having a agony of influence versus grist for the mill kind of scenario uh where um obviously i'm writing a lot of horror gaming stuff and a lot of gaming stuff uh and so i'm always torn between this idea of like well do i read one do i read a bunch of horror books and take ideas from them or am i doing that too much do i read a bunch of games right and learn mechanics but do i need to learn mechanics unless i have an idea of what they're for because i had the idea of red markets before i looked for mechanics for red markets and that kind of stuff so yeah, I guess I'm sort of tortured about where do you draw that line when you have some creative aspect of your life right. between um, I don't want to be regurgitating this and uh, I do need some sort of inspiration for this thing I also have to do. Yeah, yeah. And and my guess is the reason you want to draw a line is it goes back to this monetizing hobbies thing that if that if there's not something there that isn't just like free time pure soul stuff it's it, it's just it's shit well i i don't think it came from that direction i came from, i think it comes from the direction that i monetize my hobby because i like that stuff right and when i am going to absorb media for reasons other than explicitly talking about it 
because it's not for like essays or anything. I am still yeah. ultimately reading and watching for fun. Yeah. That is stuff I gravitate towards sure. because that's why they became my hobbies in the first place. Yeah. Um, however, you do want to make sure that you're doing something original in that space. Yeah. And you also want to make sure that you're not um, ignorant of trends in that space. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. No, that's tricky, right? Because um, there's there's a problem here too, right? Which is like the the more literate you become of the space, the harder it is to see novelty or originality in your own ideas. Because it's really easy to draw a line and go, "I find this original," but I guess it kind of looks like this other thing that is over here. Well, also, I am a tabletop RPG podcaster. Like, right. there's a difference between a scenario I publish and a scenario that like I run a game and record a podcast for. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to publish like the Thorn series that I do on um, uh, Dead Channels because that is a shameless ripoff of a John Lanigan story that sure. I am obsessed with. Yeah, um, and I I openly admit that. Yeah. All right, and I'm not. So it's not like I'm never going to imitate something. Sure. Uh, so I, I think I can draw the line, um, but I also don't want to read something just because I want to imitate it. Right. Yeah. And, and, um, and I also don't want to just do it as written. I want to remix and make it my own thing. Right. Know, so. And I wonder how, like how hard it is. I imagine there's probably a real challenge in like, uh, and maybe this is a bad example, but like reading the backs of books and like that could be really difficult in this phase you're in. Cause I could see all of the ways in which a, a single paragraph description of what you might read could be very like, is that a thing that is going to be helpful? Is that a thing that I want to read? Is that a thing that's going to like send me down a path? Yeah. And there's some of that when you're looking at like best of lists. Right. By exactly. Genre. Yeah. Which is um, typically a great way to find like maybe thing you've not read or thing related to something you liked. Yeah. So for instance, I, I recently finished uh blind sight by Peter Watts and a lot of people have said, Oh yeah. A lot of people have said, Oh man, I loved that thing you did from Peter Watts or that thing that you did. I'm like, what? And I didn't know what they were talking about. Um, but having read it, it, it's got a bunch of wonderful stuff about like the truly alien nature of mm -hmm. alien intelligence. And it's basically not a movie about sci-fi. It's a movie about qualia and theory of mind and that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's brilliant. Um, I'd never read it before. I'm flattered that people thought I was imitating that. Mm -hmm. And I understand why they got that because he did a much better job of it than I have. <laughs> um, but I had not read it before I wrote the thing. So I guess I don't have the agony of influence thing, um, but like maybe my anxiety is that wasn't grist for the mill because right. like that was a thing I used, right? And he did a way better job of it than I ever could, yeah. And I could have learned something from that, but yeah. I only approached it after the fact, right? So it's kind of cut both directions. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it has. So like, uh, uh, if I said like, what are the next three things you are thinking about reading? Like, what's on the list, and why are they on the list? Well, um, I got a, uh, I got all the CBRs for the entire run of the heavy metal magazine. <laughs> so I've started reading through that because it's so fucking stupid. I don't feel like anyone's going to be like aghast if I steal a good idea from it. Right. Cause like my version won't have tits on every page right. or be drawn by Richard Corbin or mo more you know uh, mobius, uh, mobius yeah. or anything like that yeah. um so uh i and it's just a grab bag of every insane idea that anyone had yeah. while on psychedelics in the 70s wow. so 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah don't yeah. don't right. come at me with that. Right. <laughs> if you're gonna say like Harzak, soberly written, fuck you. It's <laughs> just a lie. Um, yeah. So I've been looking at that, but I am kind of in between books now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, did you finish all those uh, the manga you bought? Yeah. Yeah. The drifting, I, the drifting classroom. Jesus Christ. Fucking. And where does the that most stuff, deuce ex machina ass shit I've ever seen? Where yet. does that stuff land for you? Well, I kind of like that because, like, uh, the problem with doing Lovecraftian shit is that you have to describe the indescribable. Blah, 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 blah. And you know who's better at that? Artists. Like, they always right. have. <laughs> yeah. That's why the majority of an RPG book is for art. Uh, I accept that words are inferior. I read Plato too, uh, compared to a picture. Um, so. Uh, accepting that though, like that's a good place to get inspiration from because mm-hmm. now you're that was not described in a script most right. of the time, especially for that manga st- stuff that was done by one artist. Yeah, that are two or well, they have yeah, but that the designs yeah, yeah, are yeah. done by one artist and then they are forcibly whipping people. It's, one, it's a vision. It's yeah, it's a singular vision. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, but there's no script for that. There's no script for what that weird fucking eye-backed, four-legged spider thing in the drifting classroom what looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but having seen that picture, that's a thing I can describe in words now. So, yeah. like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just it's just new ideas. Right. And I feel like they're um, abstracted enough by coming from a visual medium mm-hmm. that I have no agony of influence about that stuff. Right. So I guess that is why I'm reading a bunch of comics. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think there's probably some value in Also, I've stuff. decided to become a strictly unserious person in every aspect, and I just really feel like that is something I already enjoy doing right? Uh, and will never feel bad about doing. So I could just be the manga guy from now on. I don't know. You we'll see what be, happens. Right. Yeah. But, I, but I think that, that the interesting <coughs> thing about that is one is it probably satisfies some of that for you, which is the desire to read and desire to see new stuff and desire to be inspired. But then also there's this other bit around like, yeah, but when you're, when you're reading that, you're also not keeping up to date with trends and things that are likely to be more popular in a space where you're now like actively trying to work as like a human professional. And these two things have gotten much closer in nature as over the, over the last two months, mm-hmm. which is really tricky. I mean, that's just, again, we've talked at length about, I just don't know how other people draw the line. Right. Cause well, so like I, I, for example, my um, time was so scarce before right. I couldn't draw a line. Right. It was just whatever I happened to get to catch as catch can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier for me because I can read fiction all day and not feel any compulsion to do anything with it other than enjoy reading fiction mm-hmm. because of the line of my work. And occasionally if I read something that I want to talk about on here, great, but there isn't a lot of media Jojo aside that I sat down and started <laughs> with like, I'm doing this because I want to talk about it on the podcast. And aren't you glad you did it? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, I am not false. Um, uh, well, there's the sound clip, <laughs> right? For other than JoJo, aren't you glad you didn't? No, no. End uh, of clip. Right. I am not better for having watched it. Uh, it has changed my life in only worse ways. Uh, but like occasionally, I do. I actually enjoy reading some like uh, theories of leadership and philosophies of organizations and all this stuff, just because I find it interesting. And there are times where I think, am I? It, am I reading this such that I should be taking notes to start implementing it at work? Or am I reading this because I find it interesting mm-hmm. and that's enough. And I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that sometimes. And even if I don't want to read it for work, I think a lot of that stuff ends up showing up later, whether or I, whether I intend it to or not. Mm-hmm. So maybe I don't do a good job of drawing that line or maybe I don't even bother trying sometimes. Yeah, probably not. I could be more intentional about that. Mm. 
maybe. I don't know that I need to. I'm talking myself out of it. Yeah, right are you okay? Yeah. You're just <laughs> staring a hole I'm in just the fucking re- wall. I'm really processing some of this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I could do it differently, but I don't know that I want to do it differently because it kind of works the way that I'm doing it. I didn't mean to send you into a fugue I think, state, honestly, buddy. I think I'm settled. I think I'm settled. Okay, on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, good talk, me. Um, <laughs> hey, if you've been listening to this, thanks so much. We really appreciate your time, your energy, your attention for the Mix 6 podcast. If you like this and want more Mix 6 podcasts, don't worry. There's a whole world of additional episodes and content on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com, look for the Mix 6 podcast, and you'll find a shit ton of full-length episodes and shorter episodes that we call Hot Takes on Ice, where we cover a variety of more topical and less topical things in shorter podcasts. Don't forget to check us out on all the socials. And if you're listening to this in a podcast app, streaming application don't forget to rate and review us tell your friends and family about the mix six podcast thanks so much for your time we'll talk to you later